Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip. By Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus, built with the zero landfill promise. All waste is recycled or reused with more at PrestigeSubaru.com. Leaf Community Arts, connecting cultures and creating community. Leaf's 25th year kicks off at Fall Leaf Festival, October 17th through the 20th. Discover music from around the world. Explore arts and celebrate traditions with family and friends. For more information and to purchase your tickets, visit theleaf.org. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Meryl listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC. Be sure to visit the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, and sign up for the Speaking of Travel Travel Club. You'll receive the latest travel news and travel tips and some really awesome upcoming travel destination opportunities like a fabulous trip to Cuba, a legal trip to eastern Cuba, not Havana. It'll be down in the eastern side of the country, very, very rural Some of it will be a little bit more urban, but it will be a trip of a lifetime, and you'll have memories of people that you will love as soon as the plane touches down. So that is speakingoftravel.net, and remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website on the iHeartRadio app on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, pretty much if you enter in Speaking of Travel, you will find it on a podcast platform. Well, today the Speaking of Travel and Climate Listening Project continues with Dana Ruggiero, and we have some guests to talk about the wild places we love to explore. It's kind of like where the wild things are, Dana. Welcome. <laughs> I'm so glad to have you here today. Thank you so much. I, I love doing this show with you each month. Thank you, Marilyn. You are so welcome. So, Dana, as usual, you have been traveling out and about and really being um, our ambassador in bringing back what is going on out there and filling us in so that we can be contributing to helping our planet be the best place we can possibly ask for and to save and protect our natural resources and all of those wild places that we love to visit. Yes, I actually went on a journey to Southern Lake Tahoe in California this past week, and I was there as an ambassador for one of my partners, Accelerating Appalachia, and that is an organization that we've had on the show that works to protect natural spaces and also preserve farmland throughout Appalachia. And so I had an opportunity to go to this event because Patagonia is one of our partners. And so they had their toolkits, toolkit, tools for activists uh, conference. And I had a 
I had a great time. I got to meet a lot of really great people. And of course, it was such a beautiful place. And one of the people I met um, is Alex, who's on with us now. And a couple other folks are going to be joining us here um, throughout the hour. And so thank you so much for joining us, Alex. Yeah, hey, I'm glad I could be on. And so you are with Save the Boundary Waters. Would you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, well, first, the, so the Boundary Waters in northern Minnesota is uh, 1.1 million acres of federally designated wilderness, and it's all Lakeland um, canoe country. Uh, the only way to traverse it is by canoe and then portaging all your stuff on paths between lakes uh, just to keep moving through the wilderness. Um, and the water is just the the water is the the most special resource of of this place, and it's so clean you can literally drink from the lake. Uh, like we've never filtered our water. I've been up there dozens of times bringing my kids, and and it is it's truly just a, a special place, one of the few last places on earth where uh, you can you can drink water because it hasn't been contaminated. Wow, uh, straight from the source. Yeah. So, and then that's that's kind of the the, the problem uh, the, that we're facing here is that there's a, a Chilean mining company that wants to build a giant sulfide or copper mine right at the headwaters of the Boundary Waters, so all and all within the watershed. Um, the main pollution source would be sulfuric acid um, through acid mine drainage that would just pollute in perpetuity through the through the heart of the Boundary Waters into the Canadian Quetico, which is another million um, acres of wilderness that the Canadian government manages right across the border. And then also through Minnesota's uh, Boise National Park. Oh so my it's a, goodness! It's a pretty pretty big threat, uh, just especially given the the amount of water and just the resource that we have there. So I just finished filming a new. I just finished editing a new film with the United States Climate Action Network that I'm going to be releasing here very soon. And I had a chance to film that up at the their 30th anniversary event, which was in Minnesota, and that was my first time going there. And you know, I didn't realize that the Mississippi River starts up there. Um, but I, you know, I'm embarrassed to say. Tell us what is. I don't know that everybody knows exactly what are boundary waters, and I don't think that sure. I did either. And I didn't know that the Mississippi started up there. So, but I'm, I love learning. So, what what are boundary waters? Yeah, the boundary waters. It's the it's it's just the the name of the wilderness up north. So, it's one of the only places in the lower forty eight where the where Canada's boreal forest um, comes down across the border into the U.S. So, it's all pine forest, the boreal forest of the north. Uh, in, in in northern Minnesota. So if you if you're looking at a map, the very just straight from Lake Superior and then straight up, that's all in the Superior National Forest. And at that point on, it's the boreal forest of Minnesota. And the very top section of it, kind of, it's a little bit longer than it is tall, but uh, 1.1 million acres um, of uh, of the wilderness. And so it's it's all it's all within the Superior National Forest. It's there's 1,100 lakes. Uh, that are a part of all this, uh, and connecting all that water are are various streams, bogs, rivers, um, marshlands, wetlands, uh, and like that. So I, I kind of tongue in cheek call it more of a if you're looking at a map and you know it's it's from from the air view or however far out it is. There's you see the, you see some of the lakes, but it's really a giant inland sea just kind of interrupted by land in nature, just because all that water is just so connected. And, um, and what it all are just people? Together. What are people doing up there in this wilderness? What kind of, I mean, people are engaging and enjoying this beautiful wilderness, right? Yeah, yeah. It's all canoe, it's canoe country. It's, uh, you, you go camping uh, overnight. Um, many, I just took our three kids on a two-week trip uh, mm. in 
uh, late uh, July and August. So you just you can it's yeah it's canoeing and camping. There's um, a lot of established hiking routes. There is unparalleled fishing and uh, backcountry hunting uh, options for people too. So it's just kind of a world class outdoor um, place that you can go. And I think the other thing that's so special about it is because it's all water based, it's canoeable, it's it's accessible to almost anybody, um, young and old, disabilities. If you can float in a canoe, you can access the wilderness, and that just makes it all the more special. Oh, I love that. Now, why is this place important to protect? And what can people do that are listening? How can they help you? Sure. Well, like I was saying, it's, it's important to protect because it's this, this one, one of the last places on earth with just such pristine, clean water. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a foreign mining company from Chile with no vested interest in American public lands. You know, it's the extraction industry. They're going to come in and dig it up take all the, the ore and the profits and, and, and skip town. And then American taxpayers are left with cleanup and uh, all the costs associated with that. And that's just kind of typical for a boom-bust mining economy. Um, so we're, we're trying to prevent this, to protect this wilderness. Um, and people can go to our website, savetheboundarywaters.org, and sign our petition. And then just stay up. You'll get emails and updates throughout and uh, what, what we can do. Um, going forward. Alex, thank you so much for sharing this uh, with uh, with the listeners and with, with us. I truly enjoyed meeting you at the Patagonia Tools for Activists Conference at Lake Tahoe. And I, I'm going to be taking action to protect and save the Boundary Waters. And I hope that everybody listening will too. Thank you so much, Alex. Yeah, great. If you ever find yourself in Minnesota, let me know. We can out into the wilderness. Let's canoe. All hey, right. Hey, Alex, thank you so much for being on Speaking of Travel today with Dana Ruggiero. I really appreciate that. And we will do all we can do to help because, you know, this is something that affects all of us, not just the people in Minnesota, for sure. It affects all of us globally, even. And so could you give us the uh, website again where people can get more info? Yep. Uh, www.savetheboundarywaters.com. Awesome. Well, thank you, Alex. And we will keep up with you and uh, and definitely through Dana, find out what else is going on. Get signed up for your newsletter. This is Marilyn Ball. I'm here with Dana Ruggiera. And we are talking about those wild places where we love and being able to protect them, not only for ourselves, but for future generations. It's crisp, it's clean, it's cool, and it's here. Fall is in the air. While the brisk breeze billows through the kaleidoscope of colors cascading across the mountains, there is no better time to get out and explore the breathtaking beauty that our backyard has to offer. Adventure is the name of the game, and what better to kick off in than a symmetrical all-wheel drive Subaru to take you through whatever terrain you wish to tackle. Adventure is waiting, and the choice is yours. Discover the beauty of all-wheel drive at Prestige Subaru, 585 Tunnel Road, Nashville, or visit us online at PrestigeSubaru.com. With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. Fly me to the moon. 
Let me play among the stars And let me see what spring is like on a Jupiter Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I'm here today in the studio with Dana Ruggiero from the Climate Listening Project. And we are talking about how we want to explore and and protect our wilderness and all of nature. And Dana, you you just came back from this big trip. You met a lot of really great people. Yeah, I had a wonderful time in South Lake Tahoe um, with Patagonia at their Tools for Grassroots Activists conference. And so Megan is one of my favorite people that I got a chance to meet on this journey. Welcome, Megan. Uh, thanks, Dana. Hello, everybody. Hi. So tell us a little bit about California Trout, your organization. Yeah, so California Trout is a wild fish and cold water fisheries conservation group. And we focus on water issues all throughout the state, including removing dams, protecting our source waters, working with farmers in the Central Valley to make sure that we have um, water for fish and farms and a whole bunch of other issues. We were, our history is in legislation and advocacy, and one of our big wins was getting the California Wild and Scenic Rivers Act signed into law over 50, almost 50 years ago, and protecting waters like the Mono Lake Basin and uh, pioneering the catch and release epic. Thank you so much for that important work. Um, Now, why is this especially important in California to protect the waterways? Yeah, that's a good question. So in California, our waterways have been just so drastically changed ever since the gold rush happened. We have dammed all, most of our rivers. In California alone, there are 1,500 dams. Um, on Most rivers are no longer wild and running the way they have been. So we're really trying to reconcile how we can move forward with the changed environment and really make the best solutions for both fish, water, and people. That's great. Thank you so much. Now, what inspired you to get involved with this work? And you are just such a passionate person. I'm just so grateful to have met you at this event. Um, You know, we're glad that you are, you know, somebody taking action for good. Um, Why, why, why rivers? Why trout? Why, why the waters? Megan? Yeah. That's a good question, and it's kind of a unique story. I actually um, went to high school on a Buddhist temple, and I lived on a monastery for four years, and that was really where everything clicked for me. The number one lesson I learned was mindfulness and how my individual impact as one person could really have a larger ripple effect throughout the world, and I've kind of leaned into my new power, which is my voice, and really using, you know, the Megan phone, which I like to call it, to lead marches and organize people. And it's been a wonderful thing to see people really um, gravitate towards my energy and just putting it out there. And, And Dana, as you know, that I created this climate music video, which was such a fun passion project, but really got the message of what we learned at the conference, but also what's going on in the world with the climate strikes and that we need to take action right now. So I really just wanted to use art and advocacy to really just inspire people to take action the way I have been inspired. 
So we did, we made a music video. I mean, Megan made a music video and I got to star in this music video for just a second, but it's, she's so talented. Where can people watch the music video, Megan? <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. It's on YouTube. It's called The Inconvenient Truth Hurts, Lizzo Climate Remix. And so it remixes Lizzo's Truth Hurts song with a little bit of rap in the middle. And uh, I can send you the link if you want to post it to your your website so your viewers can listen to it. Great. Thank you so much. That was such a wonderful, creative experience. And I'm so glad I got to support you in that. Um, thank you so much for all that you do. Um, how, you know, how can people engage with California Trout? What can people do to take action? Yeah, that's a good question. I think the best way is just to get involved and follow us on our email list or our social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. And that's just how you'll hear about everything we're up to. Occasionally we send out what we call our trout clouds, which is our advocacy action alert. When we need our members to mobilize and submit letters or comments on an important issue, um, and we'll post anything about volunteer or local speaking events or whenever you're in your area, and just fun sciencey things. And you'll see also a lot of pictures about fish, but <laughs> we also have a lot of features about beautiful waterways as well. So yeah, yeah, follow us, get to know us, and um, if you have your own pictures of you know beautiful California landscapes, we'd like to see those too, so you can tag us on social media so we can check out what you're up to as well. Nice. I've learned so much about trout living here in western North Carolina. We're the the furthest um, south that that they live in in the eastern portion of the, the states. And um, with climate change impacts and so much development along the riverways, uh, with the rivers heating up, there's a big concern um, to preserve these trout populations here. Um, I've, I've learned so much, so I'm, I'm grateful for what you what you're doing out there what's your website where people can find more information yeah our website is caltrout.org that's c-a-l trout.org and it's interesting that you mentioned climate change because that's the number one overarching threat that's um, threatening our native fish species and we have recently published a scientific report with the uc davis center for watershed sciences it's called SOS um, Save Our Salmonids Fish and Hot Water Report, and that's also found on our website. And it catalogs all 32 native trout, salmon, and steelhead species in California and gives them a ranking on how well they're doing and what solutions we can do to help uh, save them. Oh, That's worth checking it out. Definitely. Thank you so much. What's your website one more time? Our website is caltrout.org. That's C-A-L-T-R-O-U-T dot org. Hey, Megan, thank you so much for being on Speaking of Travel today. And I really want to commend you because, you know, climate climate change is certainly a, a threat to us. And yet you have so many uh, hopeful ways of connecting and making an impact so that we can focus all of our efforts to to make things better. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And just wanted to leave with one thing. It just, you know, action just starts with one person. Look what Greta Thunberg was able to do with just in one year with one voice and what we can accomplish when we all put our heads together. So thank you again. Thank you. Megan, you truly are an inspiration and we will keep up with you and keep up with what's going on out there in California. And thank you again for being on Speaking of Travel. 
This is Marilyn Ball. I'm here with Dana Ruggiero. We are talking uh, just how to really what Megan was saying. Each one of us has an opportunity to make change happen. It can be small, uh, small practices. Dana, you and I have talked about this for quite some time, that in all of the course of this year and the guests that we've talked to, being able to find solutions that each one of us can can make from growing milkweed to attract the monarchs and uh, and and protecting our water, not putting our trash in the water, being more mindful of the water. All of th- all of this is just so hopeful. You must see that a lot when you go out out where other people are doing such important work. Yeah, absolutely. You know, groups like Save the Boundary Waters and California Trout, um, you know, are protecting our wild places from, you know, extractive industries, from impacts from climate change and development and all of these different things. And so it's so important that we take action um, through the way that we vote, through um helping and and engaging with these nonprofit organizations on the ground and with sharing our stories, sharing photos, like Megan said, of the fish that we catch, of these beautiful, wild places that we love so much. Well, sharing is definitely the key. Sharing, collaboration, like we've been doing on the Speaking of Travel and Climate Listening Project series. Yeah, yeah. This is Marilyn Ball. We will be back after the break. This is Tina Kinsey with Asheville Regional Airport, and I have a travel tip for you today. In the era of smartphones, we sometimes forget the value of paper and pen. Sometimes, after a long day of travel, you may find that your phone battery has died. What if you discover this just as you pop into your Uber to make your way to your hotel? Was all of your hotel information stored in your mobile device? It's a good idea to create a cheat sheet of key information that you can tuck into your wallet before a trip. Things to consider for this important document. Perhaps the hotel name and address and phone number, your confirmation number. How about your airline and flight information? And don't forget emergency contact numbers. Who remembers phone numbers anymore? Be a savvy traveler and your trips will be smooth and easy. This has been Tina Kinsey with Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. Every story has its beginning, a starting point from which it wanders the long and winding road, weaving its way toward the final word. It is on this road where the greatest moments often lie, where memories are made, lessons are learned, and where experiences can be valued forever. Each story is a journey, blind to what lies ahead and conditioned by the road behind. While the destination may or may not be known, each journey is unique, unfolding in the moment and defined by those at the wheel. Regardless of where your journey takes you, it remains yours to create. Embrace the journey. Find your ride at PrestigeSubaru.com. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on a Jupiter. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and it is time to catch up with our fellow traveler, Doc Lawrence, as he takes us along the Gourmet Highway. And today, Doc is in Cross Creek, Florida. 
Hey, Doc. So you and I are big fans of American author Marjorie Keenan Rollins. So I can't wait to hear all about your visit to this tiny town where she lived and wrote the Pulitzer Prize winning The Yearling, one of my all-time favorites. Marilyn, one Florida writer, a household word, an author who won a Pulitzer Prize, and her book was made into a Hollywood movie that won an Academy Award, was it from the Sunshine State. Marjorie Kennan Rawlings was a Wisconsin native who moved to the small community of Cross Creek because she loved the abundance of unspoiled nature. And so do I. I'm here at Ms. Rawlings' home on Cross Creek and love every inch of this place. Well, I could live here if they'd let me, but they won't because it's a state park. Ms. Rawlings wrote several books here, including the one that made her world famous, The Yearling. Marilyn, I read that book like you did during my baby days, and I read it before I ever read or even heard of Huckleberry Finn or The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. I was captivated by the story, and I still am. Miss Rawlings did more than any other person who ever lived to preserve the culture and heritage called Florida Cracker. Although this term was cruelly made by others out of ignorance into a slur, Rawlings knew better. Cracker culture came from the Spanish conquistadors and monks who explored Florida, settled here over 500 years ago. They brought with them their horses, cattle, chickens, hogs, and vegetables, which still thrive in the area. The livestock is smaller. It's very distinguishable, and the DNA proves that it came from Spain. Ms. Rawlings wrote books about the cuisine of the area. One, Cross Creek Cookery, adorns a honored place on a shelf in my kitchen at home. I love the story about how she was expecting guests for dinner. They were from France, and Rawlings loaded her shotgun. She was quite a person. Went down in the woods, shot six wild mallard ducks, cleaned them, prepared them, roasted them for dinner, and served them with her bottles of French burgundy from her well-stocked cellar. Marjorie Kennan Rawlings was a world-renowned celebrity author. Her friendships included Margaret Mitchell, Ernest Hemingway, Gary Cooper, Vivian Lee, Judy Garland, and dozens more. Celebrities coming through north-central Florida stopped by to see her, to pay homage to her. She was that famous, and she was also humble, good, and a great cook. Her home, her smokehouse, her garage, the original orange groves, and all of her land are now a popular Florida State Park, perfectly preserved. Like Ernest Hemingway's typewriter, her typewriter sits on the desk where she wrote The Yearling. It's in north-central Florida. It's isolated. You kind of really have to want to come here, and it is just divine. Tonight, Marilyn, I'm joining locals at, you can guess the name of it, The Yearling Restaurant for some local cracker cuisine. Yes, we're having sautéed frog legs, fresh catfish, pinto palm hors d'oeuvres, and wild duck, wine, why burgundy, of course. We've got to remember Miss Rawlings. And I do have a bottle of Jack handy just to celebrate all that Marjorie Kennan Rawlings gave America. So for now, this is Doc Lawrence for Maryland Ball, and speaking of travel, on the Gourmet Highway in Cross Creek, Florida, 
saying, I hope to see you soon in your hometown. Gosh, Doc, I sure wish I could live there, too. It sounds like such a wonderful place. But you know what? We'll meet up there sometime, and we'll sit out on the beach, and we will read the book together. And remember, Doc, travel slowly. You can follow Doc's journey on the Gourmet Highway by visiting thegourmethighway.com. Well, I'm here in the studio with Dana Ruggiero. We are talking climate change. We are talking hopeful solutions. And really, we're talking about the wild places. Because, Dana, you just returned from Lake Tahoe. Now, were you on the Colorado, on the California side or the Nevada side? I landed on the Nevada side and then traveled to the California side, and that's where I stayed for a week. Oh, that sounds lovely. And I was following you while you were gone, and, I, you know, those pictures just look like, they just look like something out of this world. These oh, it's so beautiful. Lakes. Isn't that what Lake Tahoe is, a crater lake? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I, I think that, um, you know, there was there was conversation and I wish I knew more about this um, just from reading about it. But from the conversations that I had, what I understand is, yeah, it, it wasn't uh, formed from a glacier moving. It was it was a crater lake. And then now it's filled by um, snow melt. So how is that snow melt? Is it is it melting at a higher level? I don't, you know, um, there is a conversation around that because there are um, people that live, of course, you know, downstream and that snow melt for clean water and, um, you know, agriculture and things like that. Um, and we heard from from one of those native peoples um, while we were there um, and how important that snow is to their people. Um, but, yeah, it is it is it is still snowing in the Sierra Nevada mountains Um and hopefully we'll continue to snow in the Sierra Nevada mountains. Well, I've been out there. I was on the Nevada side of the lake, and it was actually in the winter. It wasn't even the winter. In our in our terms, it wasn't the winter. But, but there, it was definitely the winter. And the elevation changes so dramatically as you're going up towards the lake that we were— two or three times in blizzard conditions, you <laughs> right. know, and it's like, how are we going to get out? But people were used to it. It was like the traffic kept moving, cars kept going, and yeah. nobody seemed to be that <laughs> concerned about it. But what a beautiful place, and what a wonderful gathering of people. Now, you had mentioned earlier that this was you were, this was part of your connection with Appalachia, um, Accelerating Appalachia, yeah. who we did, we've had on the show before and, and learned so much. What was the connection for you to be out there? Yeah, so Patagonia is a wonderful company that supports a lot of um, grassroots work around the country and around North America. And so uh, Accelerating Appalachia is one of the uh, groups that they support, and I'm lucky to work with them since the beginning seven years ago. And um, and that is supporting small businesses who are uh, preserving farmland for regenerative agriculture and also helping for us through nature-based businesses. And so it is a, it is a group that is working to uh, provide solutions and just to share the solutions that are already happening in this beautiful Appalachian Mountains um, that, that is a story of hope, that is a story of a transition from extractive industries to um, climate forward, regenerative, good business practices that are providing jobs and helping communities. 
So you were there in Lake Tahoe with like-minded people who yes. were doing wonderful um, solution-based uh, programs. Yes, all over all over the country. Were there people from all over the world? All over North America. So there was some folks from Canada there as well. And so we had Alex um, from Save the Boundary Waters in Minnesota on earlier, and we had Megan from California Trout on earlier as well. And um, you know, organizations like that on the ground across North America that are really sharing solutions and working with local communities. Um, to to preserve these beautiful places that we all love so much. Well, we do love them so much. And, you know, when you talk about Patagonia, for, for almost 40 years, this company has supported, like you said, these grassroots activists working to find solutions um, to the environmental situations that we find ourselves. So when we come back, I want to talk more about Patagonia and what you learned out there and and some of the people that you met and the projects that they're working on because they have such a vast impact all over the world. Your business trip shouldn't start with a road trip. Hundreds of global destinations are just one connection away, starting at Asheville Regional Airport. Fly Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, and United. Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip. Green is good. Local food, less oil. Renewable energy, sustainable peace. Tree hugger. Say no to GMOs. Be kind to animals. Don't eat them. Go solar. Coexist. Don't buy a dog. Rescue one. Keep Asheville weird. We just read the bumper stickers on the back of a Subaru. Welcome to Subiville. Prestige Subaru. On the web at PrestigeSubaru.com. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on a Jupiter. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I'm here in the studio today with Dana Regier of the Climate Listening Project. We've been talking about the wild places, the wilderness. Being there's so much wilderness in this country, Dana. I, you know, when I was listening to um, Alex in Minnesota talking about millions of acres of you know really wilderness where where it's untouched right here in our country and what Megan was talking about with the the headwaters and the the beautiful water in California that all everything is in such a delicate balance right now and you were out in Lake Tahoe and it seems like at the foundation of all the work that's been going on for so long, decades, um, Patagonia, the brand Patagonia just stands out. They've been such an advocate and such a supporter of grassroots projects. It's not just a clothing line. Let's talk a little bit about that because this uh, event that you were attending was 
was it sponsored by Patagonia? What was the deal? Yeah. And, um, you know, I have well wishes from and apologies from um, my friend Madalena from Patagonia, who was supposed to join us here today, um, but wasn't able to at the last minute, um, but was there in Lake Tahoe and along with uh, um, other individuals from the Patagonia brand that are that are doing such important good work and have been as a company for decades, as you said. Um, so Patagonia sells amazing products, right, for getting us outside, um, things that, that help us to explore these beautiful places that we love. And um, But they're also doing this good work on the ground. And whether it's through making films to help share stories of these places um, that need to be protected, or it's the stories of the people who are protecting them, um, you know, these stories are so important. And then Patagonia also donates a percentage of their proceeds um, to grassroots groups and movements across North America. And they also provide tools for activists um, through their action um, resources that they have um, for their grantees. And also, um, you know, you can go to their website and learn about um, how to take action through Patagonia Action Works um, and receive their emails and engage with a local group near you or find out what's happening across the country. So they're doing really good work digging in um, helping organizations engage individuals to take action that will really help protect our wild places. And you, uh, taking action, this is the two words, very strong words. And sometimes people, I think, uh, think of that, taking action, and they think, uh, like Megan was talking, you know, going out and... Um, being at the forefront of um, action groups and protests and marches, you know, sometimes when you think of that, you think, oh, well, that's just not me. Yeah. I, I don't see me taking action right. in that as an term, activist. As an activist. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about taking action in a, in a mainstream kind of way sure. that can really help uh, support each and every one of us who has our own, um, you know, mindset that we want to help. We want to be a part of the solution versus being a part of the problem. And and we have talked about that so many times. How to be a more mindful traveler. How to be be more sustainable and and look at local economy and helping out the people in the communities where we're visiting. And and let's talk a little bit about how we can become activists, but in our own individual way. You were there with a lot of people representing a lot of organizations. Um, Tell me a little bit about how how the people that you've been meeting in your travels um, have have changed your mindset on how we all can take action. Yeah, absolutely. So, for example, you know, groups like Save the Boundary Waters, um, you know, they're providing 
this this action group, right, for people who um, love to engage in their own way with this beautiful, unique wilderness. And so if you're somebody that enjoys going canoeing up in this area that's so unique, um, you can share those photos, you can share those stories, but you can also not only share them on your social media, you can share them with your local legislators and with your federal legislators that to say, hey, here I am, you know, here's a picture of me canoeing. This is an amazing, unique place that we need to protect, and I believe that we should protect it. And so you can you can have these conversations um, in in these other ways, right? Besides going to a march or, or um, hitting the streets, you can do it by calling them, by emailing um, your local politicians and the folks that work for us to protect this land that is for all of us. Um, you know, and like Megan said um, from California Trout, you can share photos. Um, as a fisher person of, you know, these these fish that you're catching and, you know, share those and talk about how we want to continue to conserve these waters so that we will have fish um, to continue fishing, you know, um, and that catch and release program that she that she talked about, um, you know, talking about these important issues on social media with your own networks. And I always say, you know, with the Climate Listening Project, it's all about connecting in the ways that we want to connect with the people that we care about, the places that we love, um, the things that we need and the things that we want. So if you're a part of a, you know, a local fishing group, you know, have conversations about climate change because it is impacting the waterways. You know, if you're if you're somebody that enjoys going out and going hiking, have conversations with your local hiking group. Um, if you're a birder, have conversations with those folks. But if you're just, you know, somebody who's at work or at school or, you know, in your faith group, um, you can have those conversations as well about why it's important to care for creation or why it's important to have places for future generations to visit. Well, you know, that that is all such important work that we, each and every one of us, if each and every one of us took uh, just a small step, and I think it's it's so important, too, that we that we support the organizations that are really in the business about um, how they can be responsible. These these organizations and businesses that are making it their mission to be a responsible company and being able to really talk about protection and preservation uh, of the globe. Yeah. You know, we we often have guests on um, where we talk about the ways that people can take action. And yes, the things that we do in our daily lives do matter um, because that then drives the corporations to respond to us and to respond to how we want them to be socially responsible and not only environmentally sustainable, but also ethical and socially responsible in their actions. And so what we do does drive, you know, what they do. But we also need to ask ask them. And we need to say to our favorite companies that we enjoy shopping with, um, these these places that we frequent, hey, I would like for you to be thinking about how we can be more responsible, how the, the you know, how I can engage in a better way with my the world around me. And so asking the corporations and companies that we use to be environmentally sustainable and socially responsible is important. That's the, one of the biggest things we can do. And Patagonia, since, you know, the beginning has been a leader in that they're one of the I mean they're like the leader in corporate social responsibility 
Well, they are definitely the model. And so now when you go out and you buy your Patagonia uh, puffy jacket or <laughs> your sleeping bag, you can you can remember that they are uh, that they're there doing the work, uh, and you're supporting them by by supporting them. Yes, you know when you have a choice, am I going to go get my coat here with this brand or here? You always know the the company is acting in their best interest. Well, Dana, thank you so much for bringing these incredible guests on Speaking of Travel and the Climate Listening Project series again. Ah, thank you. And thank you for being our ambassador. You know, Dana goes out. She sometimes will be going to an event and leave in the middle of the night to get to the airport and not get (laughs) home until the middle of the night, 10 days later, groggy, but she always shows up. (laughs) Thank you, Dana. Thank you, You Marilyn. And thank you, Randy. Yes. You're like our, um, you know, forging ahead. (laughs) We all have to do our, do what works for us. And I appreciate you bringing that back and sharing right here on Speaking of Travel. Well, I want you to go out this week and really think about the water. Take a look. Go to a creek. Go to a beach. Go to the the headwaters of the mountain. Take a hike. And, and do something, anything that you can do to help be a more sustainable uh, traveler, uh, citizens of this world. And remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. 